the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Al Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by George Rodriguez on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, 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 my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas, on this Saturday, September 21st. And uh, got a lot of things uh, going today with our show, my friends. For example, we've got Mr. Dale Wilcox is one of our guests today. Dale Wilcox is the executive director for Immigration Reform uh, Law Institute uh, in uh, in Washington, D.C. And uh, Dale's going to be chatting with us about uh, some of the legal issues going on uh, with regards to the issues of uh, illegal immigration. Uh, he's got some very, very interesting uh, points. And, uh, you know, uh, Dale's one of those guys that we need to get on a regular basis because there are so many legal issues going on, um, challenges to uh, to President Trump's efforts to control the border. And, uh, you know, he, he provides uh, some very, very good insight into that. The other guest that we've got today is Mr. Dave Ray from the from FAIR, the Federation for uh, the Federation of Amer- for American Immigration Reform, uh, also in Washington D.C. And Dave's going to be giving us an update uh, of um, what's been happening on the border. Believe it or not, my friends, believe it or not, and we've got uh, you know several folks that have told us this already. But uh, believe it or not, what we've got, my friends, is uh, a, a lessening of illegal immigration at our borders. And the reason for this is, and I never thought I would live to see the day or say it, um, but uh, what is happening is that Mexico is actually doing its job of um, uh, in helping to curtail illegal immigration, particularly from from Central America. Uh, What Mexico has done is literally uh, get tough with with the caravans and the uh, Uh, Central Americans crossing the border, as well as they have also taken, uh, they are receiving the uh, folks who come across illegally uh, and claim asylum. And uh, then uh, the United States asks, tells them to wait in a third country, uh, which is uh, to tells them to move to, to wait in Mexico. Now, this has become extremely popular, unpopular, should I say. It's become extremely unpopular because it's working. We have a lot of leftists, leftist organizations who are who are just fit to be tied because this is happening. They are upset that uh, that folks are being asked to to stay in Mexico and wait for their hearing. They're even more upset when the hearings show uh, you know, when the when it's proven that they don't really, you know, qualify for asylum in the dis, in, in the uh, exact definition under which the law is written. Uh, these folks are fleeing violence. But I mean, you know, <clears throat> one of the things that that is point that has been pointed out by some of our friends is that, um, you know, uh, the, the, they could move to a different section of their home country, to a different town, to a different neighborhood. And uh, no, what they're doing is just picking up and they're moving to the United States. Why? Well, because they want to come to the United States. They don't want, they're not seeking asylum necessarily from violence. They are seeking to move to the United States, period. And so um, one of the, one of the hangups now that that's, uh, or one of the, one of the challenges to these folks that they are now having face is that they're having to prove um that uh, relocating to a different part of their country would uh, not suffice because they're saying, well, you know, the local gang is beating us up. Well, we'll move where the local gang isn't. 
And then they say, well, there's another local gang there. Well, you know, again, these situations, my friends, are situations that the home country has got to to, uh, resolve. So at any rate, um, uh, you know, bottom line on this is that it's working. It is working. Uh, We, uh, in spite of the fact that Congress has not lifted a finger, Congress has done zilch. There have been zero, zero actions from Congress to address the issue of illegal immigration. It has all been done by the executive, by folks who have put their heads together within department, within the Department of Homeland Security, along with the Department of Justice, and um, they've come up with alternatives on how to stop it. And it's working, my friends. This thing with the tariffs, this thing with the tariffs in Mexico, it worked. It worked. Mexico backed down, and Mexico is not is now helping. Yeah, you know, in spite of the fact that we've got a lot of folks in the United States that freaking that are freaking out constantly and saying, "Well, we can't offend Mexico. We can't do this." Remember all of that. Remember all that hang ringing and screaming and crying uh, from ne- Democrats down uh, along the border, uh, particularly in, in in the Rio Grande Valley where they dominate. Remember that. Well, now. Uh, we have a lessening, a lessening of, uh, I mean, we still have a problem with illegal immigration. I mean, man, let's make no, no bones about it. They're still coming across in big numbers, but it's not like it was. It's not in the same, in the same, uh, numbers. Uh, it, it's not the, the, the overwhelming of invasion that was happening. And there are, um, consequences now that people are beginning to recognize that they're going to have to face, you know, if you're here illegally, uh, ice can pick you up even though there are secure you know sanctuary communities all over the place you know and in tennessee there have been efforts to prevent ice from doing its job in alabama uh there were in mississippi and in alabama there have been there have been raids and people have uh, protested and you know we've got uh, folks in boston and in baltimore that are protesting uh the very existence of ice but it's happening ice it's doing their job and there are consequences, you know. Uh, you you come constantly hear folks, uh, the news, the the liberal news media carrying on about how these people are living in fear. Well, my friends, uh, my name is Rodriguez. I speak Spanish. I look Hispanic. I look Mexican. I've never been afraid of the border border patrol. You know why? Because I am a citizen. I did not break immigration law. So therefore, why should I be afraid? Now, if you broke immigration law, if you are here illegally, then I got news for you. Yeah, you should be afraid of being deported. You should be afraid of being picked up. Yeah, that's normal. That's that that is correct. You know, and, and what is the result? What, what is what is the resolution of that problem? Leave and come in legally. Leave and come in the correct way. That's the that, that's what needs to happen. So anyway, all right. So uh, let me uh, also give you this uh, little bit of tidbit news. Next week, um, I am very, very fortunate to have been invited uh, by FAIR, by the uh, Federation for of, of um, for American Immigration Reform, um, in Washington D.C. I will be there for a program or a, a conference. Uh, it's called "Hold Their Feet to the Fire" radio row, and what it amounts to is that uh, it's the uh, it is a gathering of radio hosts, broadcasters and radio hosts who specify, who specifically uh, uh, work or, or talk, who, who specifically talk about the issue of immigration. And uh, I am very, very fortunate to have been invited. Uh, I will be there with several uh, great hosts like Lars Larson and um uh, some folks from Fox News. I mean, it's going to be fun. It's going to be really, really fun. And I'm looking forward to it. We're also going to have some fantastic guests. Uh, Senator Mike Lee from Utah, Tom Homan, uh, former uh, Homeland Security Border Patrol uh, uh, director. Uh, we're going to have, uh, it's going to be fantastic. Some of my dear friends are also going to be there uh, from here, from lo- from the local area, from the Border Patrol Um Hector Garza from the Border Patrol in Laredo, and um, and, and um, 
uh, Chris Cabrera from the Border Patrol down in uh, down in the McAllen sector. They're going to be up there too, and uh, so that should be fun. That should be fun. We're all, we're going to have we're we're going to have a gathering, uh, and it's uh, like I said, it's talk hosts from across the nation. Uh, and we're going to be broadcasting live uh, on the uh, issue of the immigration policy. We're going to be interviewing members of Congress, uh, law enforcement officials. There's some sheriffs that I'll be, I'll be chatting with, uh, experts, uh, uh, folks from in the administration. And also, also, there's going to be a special event in conjunction with it called Angels and Sheriffs. And that is a gathering. Uh, it is a gathering of folks of families that have been victimized by illegal aliens. These are these are uh, angel families we call them who have been victimized in some form or fashion, murder, uh, drunken driving, whatever. They have been that one of their loved ones has has died at the hands of an illegal alien. Uh, they will be there along with a, a a several several sheriffs from across the nation. Uh, lobbying uh, in some form or fashion against the issue of uh, uh, sanctuary communities and for greater border control, border uh, uh, security. Um, It's going to be fun. I mean, it's going to be fun. So I'm looking forward to it, and I'll give you a full report. In fact, what we're going to do next week uh, is uh, we will have uh, interviews um, that I took at the event. Uh, We will have them uh, on the show so I'm looking forward to that. Um, let me uh, give you some quick, uh, some a, a couple of quick little items here regarding the um, the issue of uh, the e- e- immigration news. Um, we're going to um, provide you with uh, the latest updates on uh, illegal immigration news uh, as usual. However, uh, we are also going to start providing you. Uh, some guidance on what needs to be done like locally, my friends, because so so often I've got folks that call me and say, well, you know, George, what do we need to do to do this? And what do we need to, you know what you need to do, folks? Here is the main thing that needs to happen. You need to go to the polls and you need to take your friends to the polls and you need to vote out these uh, Democrats, these leftist Democrats that are pro-open borders that are sympathetic towards illegal immigration. That's what you need to do. You also need to ferret out. Is that a word? I mean, it is my second language. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you need you need to to, to uh, remove remove Republicans who sympathize with illegal immigration as well. You know, one of the things that really irks me is when whenever I hear some Hispanic Republican say, well, we've got to be careful with the issue of immigration because we don't want to offend the Hispanic voter. I got news for you, my friends. I'd rather offend a Hispanic voter than lose my country. How does that sound? I'd rather do that. So anyway, um, that's what needs to happen, my friends. You need to get people to the polls and you need to vote. That's the bottom line. All right, so uh, we're going to go to our first... um, interview. We're going to go ahead and take a break, and we'll be right back, my friends. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas, on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. Call your friends and tell them to join us. El Conservador listeners, if you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez, El Conservador, and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you are interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. Howdy, 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 my friends. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And uh, we've got our good friend Dave Ray, the communications director for uh, FAIR in Washington, D.C. 
uh, on the phone because we wanted to chat with him and ask him about uh, the latest report uh, that um, Fair has uh, has put out, the latest news release. Um, and I think it's very, very telling, my friends, because we've been t- hearing a lot about how the amount of uh, illegal crossings, the um, the interdictions, the uh, the 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 catches uh, at the border has uh, dropped. Um, and uh, there's some reasoning for it, uh, you know, besides the heat in South Texas, of course. But uh, we wanted to, to get um, Dave to uh, enlighten us a little bit about what's going on in this uh, news release that was put out by FAIR. Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking time and being with us. Hey, George. Always good to be with you, my friend. How you doing? Real good, real good. Tell us, tell us about this, uh, this report that, uh, that FAIR put out. Uh, regarding the uh, Trump administration closing the uh, asylum loopholes. Right. Well, just to refresh everyone's memories, you know, uh, asylum uh, requests have been steadily climbing over the years as the catch and release program has grown. People have, uh, word has spread far and wide that if you arrive in the United States with a small child, then you're virtually guaranteed to be admitted, and you won't be—you can't be held legally for more than 20 days. Uh, the colleague and I were down uh, in McAllen, Texas, uh, earlier in, in mid-August, actually, and, and went through the detention center there and saw with our own eyes, uh, you know, the detention facility there in McAllen had a huge number of uh, people inside. It was like probably the size of, of, a, of a Walmart that was cleaned out in, in two of the sections. One of them was nothing but men with small children, and the other section was not nothing but young women with small children. And we asked why they were being held separately from, from other populations and were told that every man and every woman who, was, who were in these two sections had already been uh, captured coming into the U.S. illegally once and sent home and that, this, that the next time they showed up with a child. And that just underscores how people understand, you know, how effectively word has got out that there's a way to game the system and, and get entry into the United States. And so we started looking at what the Trump administration promised to do and what it's actually been able to do. And what's most striking about this, George, is that Virtually everything the Trump administration has accomplished on this front, and I will tick through a number of these things, every last one of them has been done without a scintilla of hope of help from Congress. I mean, Congress has sat on its hands while the executive branch has been left to deal with this. I mean, the first thing was the um, uh, program that the uh, administration used by threatening tariffs against Mexico. As you know, we're... Mexico's primary trading partner. We buy most of their goods, so we would have a lot of weight to throw around in terms of them wanting to keep us happy. We're their best customers. They agreed to a a program called the Migrant Protection Protocols, whereby people who are coming up to the United States from anywhere in the world uh, through Mexico, when they ask for asylum, they are then held in Mexico. Uh, in border towns in Mexico until they have a chance to uh, have their hearings in the United States, which can be one or two months down the road, and then they're brought into the United States for their hearings, and they're either admitted or sent back home. But obviously for people who are hoping to you know, cross the border, show that you have a child with you, and, and be released in 20 days, this isn't exactly what they were banking on. So it's had... Um, you know, a chilling effect on the number of people coming. Uh, another initiative the Trump administration has done single-handedly is working out both with Mexico and Guatemala and soon-to-be El Salvador uh, agreements that say if you travel through those countries, then you have to ask for asylum in those countries first before coming to the United States. I mean, it's pretty pretty clear that somebody who's leaving you know, let's just say Guatemala, and they're they're claiming that they're fleeing for their lives because of government-sponsored persecution based on their race, ethnicity, or national origin, or what have you, uh, that prior to coming to the United States, they probably spent about a month in Mexico where their government wasn't persecuting them for any of those reasons. So it begs the question, 
why didn't you ask for political asylum in Mexico? I mean, we have a very much the same agreement with Canada. If you're from Bangladesh or India or anywhere else and you land in Canada, you can't hop across the border and ask for asylum in the United States. You have to ask for asylum in Canada. So the kind of the, the, the legal framework for this is the first safe country where you pass, if you're really fleeing for your life and fleeing persecution, then the first safe country should be where you have to ask for asylum. So that has put some downward pressure on this. And then probably the biggest thing, though, and, and I think word has traveled back to Central America, uh, has been a, an amendment of the Flores decision. And the Flores decision was a uh, court case that said the government uh, was forced to release uh, adults who arrived with children in 20 days or less. This was really the jet fuel behind the catch and release program. And now, because of the update in the new Flores rule, we can hold these adults uh, children who arrive with adults, in other words, with their families, can be held for up to two months in humanitarian, safe uh, housing awaiting their hearings. And, and that, therefore, I mean, what we found is that uh, most Central Americans coming here are not really seeking asylum. Thirty percent of them won't even bother to file their paperwork. Forty percent of them won't even buy, uh, bother to show up for their hearing. So what they're really wanting is catch and release. And by amending the Flores Amendment, it kind of puts an end to that whole fiasco. And as a result, we believe, although it's traditional for apprehensions to go down a little bit in the, in the late summer months, and by a little bit, I mean 10 to 15 percent at the most, uh, apprehensions have basically dropped about two-thirds, which is far more than you can than can be explained by hot weather. We believe it's because words getting back to Central America, the United States, yeah, under President Trump's leadership, is getting serious about illegal immigration. That's amazing. I mean, I remember back in November when the first uh, caravan came north yeah. and how, you know, the, these people were uh, anticipating, you know, the, their anticipation was that they were going to cross and, uh, you know, declare asylum and then just disappear. I mean, that was the plan. And I, I guess that plan has now been thwarted, uh, at least to a certain degree. And uh, this uh, whole situation now with the Flores Amendment is even is even constricting the matter even further. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, this uh, the catch and release, uh, you know, really the surge started under George W. Bush. It continued under uh, President Obama and really was ramped up uh, under President Obama. In fact, in 2014, President Obama declared, uh, we were, you know, said that we were having a humanitarian crisis on the border, fueled largely by catch and release. And I believe that year there were, or that month, there was about 56,000 uh, apprehensions. So when President Trump uh, says there was a, you know, Likewise, that there was a uh, humanitarian and public safety crisis on the border. I mean, he was dealing with over 100,000 apprehensions. So it was twice the tempo of the Obama years. So, But the point here being that a number of presidents have had to deal with this catch-and-release program, but uh, or this catch-and-release mentality, but it was the Trump administration who... Uh, promised the public to get a handle on this, to think outside of the box. And I think whether you like President Trump or not, you have to at least recognize that this administration has accepted the fact that they have a do-nothing Congress, that the Democrats controlling the House was going to stop any initiative they asked Congress to take, because Congress could have ended catch and release probably in a 10-minute meeting between Republicans and Democrats, but the administration has taken ownership of this problem and has made some some real strides in ending it. Now, obviously, we are we're not saying that you know catch and release as we know it is over is is, is long gone. I mean, fifty. I think the the, the total apprehensions for August were over fifty thousand. That's still it's still very a lot very of people, yeah. but yep. it's. We're, we're cautiously optimistic, George, and, and it, the numbers are certainly going in the right direction. Right. Clearly, time will tell. Right. Here, uh, we've only got about uh, an, a, a little less than a minute to go. 
Um, give us give us uh, what fair. I mean, how you think uh, things will play out, continue, uh, continue to play out, particularly as uh, as the uh, presidential elections continue? Well, I mean, all indications from the Democrats are that they have a radically different view of immigration policy than, than President Trump. Uh, we have heard of decriminalizing illegal immigration. It was interesting, uh, President Obama's uh, DHS Secretary Jay Johnson came out and said, you know, the Democrats have moved way too far left on immigration that if we decriminalize it, we might as well, you know, that's an invitation for an increase in illegal immigration. and That's not what the American public wants. But, you know, they've talked about decriminalizing illegal immigration, offering free health care to illegal aliens. They've talked about abolishing ICE. So on the immigration front, as we go into the 2020 election, I think Americans have a pretty clear choice of what they uh, 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 of who they want to make now we're a nonprofit organization we don't take sides and we certainly don't tell people who to vote for but on the immigration issue i think the choices are pretty clear wow i think they really really are dave thank you very much for taking time out and being with us today we uh, certainly will continue to to uh, follow uh, what fair is doing and get you back onto the program forward to George. You have a great day, my friend, and uh, see you soon here in Washington. Thank you very much. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And uh, we've got a special guest with us today. We've got Mr. Dale Wilcox, Executive Director and General Counsel of the Immigration Reform Law Institute in Washington, D.C. And uh, we wanted to get uh, Dale on here to uh, chat with us about uh, what are the hot issues that uh, they're seeing uh, as far as the hot legal issues that are, they're seeing uh, with regards to immigration. So uh, welcome to the show, Dale. Thank you for taking time to be with us. Uh, tell us, first of all, uh, tell us a little bit about the Immigration Reform Law Institute. What is it? Yeah, sure. We, uh, we, have, we were founded in 1986, and uh, we are principally a public interest legal education and advocacy law firm um, who is dedicated to achieving responsible immigration policies. Um, in a nutshell, um, we advocate for the rule of law, we um, are dead set against illegal immigration, and we think immigration levels should uh, be at a level that uh, work in the best interests of all Americans. Um, to do what we do, we, we principally are litigators. Um, we uh, spend a lot of time in court. Um, we also have an investigations department, a very active Freedom of Information Act uh, uh, section in our investigations department, and uh, we also work on regulation and legislation around the country uh, that is pro-American. Gotcha. All right. So, uh, given the uh, the hot topic, and I mean really hot topic of immigration, particularly here in our South Texas area, what uh, what legal issues do you see uh, as the hot issues right now that you guys are dealing with, and that you uh, and that you think uh, need to be dealt with? Sure. Immigration, as you know, uh, was. Uh, President Trump's number one issue that uh, I think paved the way for him to the White House, and uh, it's it stayed at the top of his list of priorities. Um, as a result, the anti-borders, anti-American, um, public interest groups, and whatnot have lost their minds. Uh, Trump derangement syndrome is prevailing uh, <laughs> nationally, <laughs> and they have brought more than four hundred plus lawsuits since Trump has taken office, 400-plus lawsuits. My goodness. Here, yeah, that we are tracking and that we are getting involved in. And they range the gamut. Anytime Trump puts his hand on something, he's sued. So, for instance, there are five cases out there challenging the rescission of DACA. Uh, DACA was where President Obama, uh, just by executive fiat, issued an amnesty to illegal aliens who are brought here by their parents as children. Uh, five lawsuits challenging that, and that case is currently in the United States Supreme Court. Uh, the briefing is just ending there, and uh, oral argument uh, should be soon. 
have a decision on DACA by sometime, uh, by at least June of 2020. There are at least six border wall lawsuits. Uh, the opposition from environmentalist groups to even the House Democrats have sued the president um, uh, regarding his declaration of a national emergency to be able to use funds from the Department of Defense. Thankfully, we've won. Um, as far as the border wall goes, we've received stay uh, from uh, the Supreme Court um, in, in, in that case that released that money because lower courts, uh, specifically the courts in the Ninth Circuit out there in California, Arizona, um, and uh, Oregon, and, and, and on and on, um, courts out there had ruled against the president. Well, we successfully got a stay in the Supreme Court. There are eight cases, eight-plus cases, regarding his uh, asylum reform initiatives, specifically uh, initiatives that require uh, people coming across the border to apply for asylum in the first safe country they come to, uh, which a lot of these people would be Mexico. Um, that has actually been upheld, and in fact, we had a ruling from the Supreme Court uh, a week ago uh, staying a lower, uh, once again, suspending a national injunction by a lower court out there in the Ninth Circuit um, on this issue in favor of Trump. So we're very busy all around the country. There are sanctuary city cases, uh, in fact, even there in Texas. Um, uh, you have people challenging uh, SB4, which was the nice new anti-sanctuary law that you have in Texas, uh, those cases are still moving forward. Um, uh, just a week ago, Houston and Dallas, Travis County and El Cenizo dropped out, but San Antonio, El Paso, and Austin are still pursuing with the case. Yeah, really. I mean, we, we're sitting, I mean, I'm sitting right here in the middle of a of a community, of a, of a, of a jurisdiction that claims they are not sanctuary, but uh, they certainly behave that way. Usually, uh, Democrat stronghold um, advocating for these sanctuary policies or implementing these sanctuary policies. And, and my organization has uh, directly challenged some of these policies. And in other cases where the Trump administration has been sued for pulling funding from these uh, non-cooperative cities, we're helping to defend uh, Trump's policies and uh, the administration's policies in this regard. So very busy all over the country. Like I said, every time Trump moves this way or that way, he's being sued. Uh, but the, the good news is we might lose in the lower court, but we're finding success like we did in the travel ban, which uh, was ultimately upheld in the Supreme Court. So it just it's taking time, um, but we're getting there. Which of these uh, which of these cases or issues do you think has uh, has had the major impact so far on uh, on controlling and securing the border because i mean it just seems like like the left keeps coming in waves at you on uh, on uh, lawsuits over this issue that issue i mean it, it just seems like it's continually um but is there is there one facet that uh, you think has helped to uh to stay you know to uh, at least begin to control the border a little bit better yeah i think um you know ultimately the border wall Will have will 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 have a large impact um, on these cases, but because we're only talking about securing the funds, releasing the funds to build it, it's not there yet. So the border wall uh, is not having the largest impact down the road. It will. I think Trump's um, regulations and executive orders that he has issued on asylum, who can apply for asylum, how can you apply for asylum, have made the biggest difference. And what we had been seeing was masses of people, and you saw this with the caravans, coming across the border, word has gotten out, and you have these, these anti-American, anti-border groups who are, who are coaching the people coming across saying, say that you have a credible, say that you have a fear of persecution in your country, then you can apply for asylum. And what was happening was people were saying, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm scared of being persecuted by my government. Um, and then it's required under law that, you know, we give them a hearing or, or uh, uh, that we assess whether their credible fear is reasonable. And then um, they, they can appeal that decision. So then they, they get a, a court date and then they're sent on their way into the interior. And guess what? Don't show up for their court date. They just they're never heard from again. So um, all those people coming across the border were doing this, and uh, we're talking thousands. In May, we had 
144,000. Oh, my gosh. 144,000 people um, um, who, were, who, who were found to be inadmissible at the border. Oh, my gosh. Border Patrol. In one month. We, can, we cannot sustain this. I mean, it's been in the multiplied thousands all year. We're, we're looking at, by the end of the year, over a million plus. So what was happening was they were, they were just being released to await their court date. Well, Trump instituted a new rule now that uh, you have to uh, first apply for asylum in the first safe country that you come to. So that would be Mexico. Obviously, they're all traversing through Mexico. Well, Mexico is a, a, a party to certain uh, uh, conventions on torture and persecution and whatnot, refugees. And, and um, so Trump, Trump has instituted this order, and um, that order was upheld by the Supreme Court here recently, or at least the lower court's injunction was stayed until the Supreme Court can look at the merits of the case, which is an indication how they probably will rule. Well, that has substantially cut down on the numbers of people just being released into the interior. That's amazing. You know, I, I, when I worked in the, in the Reagan administration, I remember, well, growing up, growing up in South Texas, I remember the, the days when people used to run away from the Border Patrol. Uh, you know, much to my dismay, nowadays they just walk up to the Border Patrol and introduce themselves. Uh, you know, and it's not just one or two. It's, it, it's you know, several of them, dozens of them, 20, hundreds of, uh, of them. You know, it's amazing. So, uh, you know, and at this point, at this point, do you think that we are winning the war against illegal immigration? I mean, uh, is there a silver lining? I would like to think that there, there is, but what do you think? Yeah, I think we are. And I think uh, Trump's policies, um, uh, you know, and, and, and like I said earlier, the, the border wall will make a big dent in the numbers. And in fact, uh, the numbers just came out for August, and 64,000 were found inadmissible. Um, in July, uh, 82,000. So in May it was 144,000, and now we in, in in July it went to 82, and now in August. And usually there's an increase. Traditionally there's an increase in July and August because the weather's so good. Um, and there's always been a bump up, but we're seeing a decline, and it's an, it's a result of the policies the president has implemented. So it is making a difference. Uh, the numbers are declining. Um, we're, we're we're getting a, a, a control. Of, of the southern border. There's a lot still to be done, and the wall actually has to be built, which will further reinforce, um, you know, attempted crossings, make it more difficult. But we are winning this war. Excellent. Uh, Dale, tell the folks how they can uh, follow up and read more about uh, the Immigration Reform Law Institute in D.C. and uh, how they can uh, support you guys. Yeah, sure. Um, you can find our website at uh, www.irli.org, irli.org, and we're on Twitter uh, at IRLI Law, and our, our, the acronym for our name is pronounced Early, so it's at Early Law. Gotcha. Dale, thank you very, very much for being on our show, and, and of course, thank you very much for fighting for, uh, for our nation, for the sovereignty in, of, of our nation. Thank you very, very much. Thank you for having me. Hello, El Conservador listeners. If you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez El Conservador and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you are interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. All right, my friends, welcome back 
George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. Welcome, welcome back. Uh, here in our concluding segment, let's uh, give you some uh, Ill- illegal immigration news updates. First of all, first of all, most recently, about a couple of days ago, I was reading this, and uh, uh, the outrageousness of another illegal alien lawsuit. Apparently, two illegal aliens in the Houston area are suing the Trump administration. All right, get this. They're suing the Trump administration for the right to get on welfare and to be granted green cards through DACA. Okay, through DACA. Uh, the Trump administration, uh, we know, is trying to save taxpayers billions of dollars by screening out illegal aliens. Okay. And, uh, you know, because when an alien comes to the United States, legally or illegally, they should be, they should be self-sufficient, my friends. Well, apparently these two illegal aliens are demanding public assistance. Now, uh, illegal aliens are claiming that they are being discriminated. They claim that they are being discriminated against because... The rule is racist against non-white immigrants. Well, I got news for you, my friends. The rule is not racist because it applies to all illegal aliens, whether they come from Asia, Europe, Africa, Latin America, wherever they come from. That's why, you know, that, that's how it applies to if illegal, you know, if they win this lawsuit, my friends, the American taxpayer is going to have to pay at least 26 billion with a B billion dollars more in taxes. So to these so-called dreamers, these dreamers that are here illegally, okay? Now, these are the people that are, these dreamers are the people that, you know, they're here illegally, they were brought here illegally by their parents or some adult, and now we keep hearing about how much they contribute to America. Well, what are they contributing if they want to get onto welfare? I got news for you, my friends. If you came in as a baby illegally, you're an illegal alien, and you deserve to leave, okay? You deserve nothing, all right? How about that? So anyway, okay, and another thing, another thing, another news item. There was a bust, a bust, a major anchor baby scheme bust uh, where Chinese nationalists, and this is the second time that this has happened, but I know of that there's been a bust about this. Uh, there was another bust that was done about five years ago. Um, but anyway, these Chinese nationalists, apparently this uh, na- national, uh, he pleaded guilty to charges of an anchor baby scheme uh, where they would bring in Pregnant Chinese people, Chinese nationals, would be brought into the United States on a tourist visa so that they could give birth at a hotel or at a makeshift hospital. You know, again, it highlights the need to end the anchor baby loophole in the immigration law. It really does. I mean, there's no two ways around it. Taking advantage of us in that sense of no. Then, of course, there's the, 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 the liberal press, which I love to pick on, the fake news. Uh, the fake news uh, in this way, this ca- this time in the form of Newsweek magazine, they are blaming President Trump and immigration law enforcement for uh, two asylum seekers that apparently were kidnapped uh, when they were returned to Mexico. They were kidnapped in Mexico. A Salvadoran father and, and a child apparently were returned across the border to wait for the asylum hearing date. And while they were there, they were kidnapped by the cartel. Uh, you know, folks, again, again. What happens in Mexico is not our problem. What happens to these people because they picked up and left their home country and came to the United States illegally is not our problem. According to the liberal media, again, somehow the suffering and the crime that happens anywhere in the world That's our fault in the United States. I got news for you, my friends. I've said it before. I've said it once and I've said it before. You know, uh, this situation where the problems of the third world are blamed on the most developed country in the world, the United States of America, where all of those uh, of their problems are blamed on us. I got news for you. I don't feel guilty. I do not feel guilty for the problems that are happening in Afghanistan. I do not feel uh, guilty for the problems that are happening in Somalia. I do not feel guilty for the problems that are happening in Nicaragua and in Honduras. I I have nothing to do. I don't feel guilty about slavery in 1860 or 1850. Why should I feel guilty about the problems, the problems of the third world? I have nothing to do with that, my friends. Uh, in another situation, in another, and it shows again how violent 
the 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 uh, cartels and the the crime uh, and the border are becoming. There was a there was a violent incident this past week, um, where uh, a, a border patrol was shot at. He was you know there was a there was a shootout in Brackettville in uh, right here in South Texas, and um, the border patrol ma- agent stopped a uh, suspicious car. Uh, he went over to the to the, uh, uh, to the to the car to check it out, and uh, they opened fire on him, wounded him, wounding him. Uh, his uh, his buddy, his uh, his uh, companion uh, partner was um, uh, luckily there and returned fire and killed the uh, the uh, person that uh, the, this this cartel, this criminal that shot at the at the border patrol. But again, it shows how violent the crime. The, the the border is becoming and we need it needs to be addressed my friends instead of instead of people uh making excuses it needs to be addressed uh, an example an example of how violent things are and the, and again this is this is not only an example of how violent things are this is an example of the second amendment how important it is to us here in the united states but um the daily beast reported how uh, uh there were uh how private Citizens in in Mexico in in uh, in one uh, state in Mexico in Michoacan uh, have uh, taken up guns. It, you know, it's another lesson in the value of private gun ownership for self protection. You know, when it, when a murderer, uh, when when killers, uh, they are out uh, to get you, and, and the and, you know, and you and, and you have an inept government or a government that is part of the problem that is corrupt. And they don't do anything about it. The citizens have armed themselves in Mexico. I think it's a, I think it's a perfect example in that in that in that community, uh, of why it's important for somebody to support the Second Amendment in the United States. And, and you know, uh, we see once again, my friends, and I hate to use this, the the tired old phrase, that uh, when guns are outlaws, the outlaws have the guns because guns are outlawed in Mexico. And so, who has the guns? The outlaws have the guns and the law abiding citizens. They are legally defenseless. Put that in your in, in your uh, uh, in your repertoire of uh, Georgisms. I'll say it again. When the guns are outlawed, the outlaws have the guns and law abiding citizens are legally defenseless. That's the headache. Um, also, in another situation, there was uh, a, 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 a this is this is really, really disturbing and i don't know how many of you saw it but there was uh, s- surveillance footage of a senseless beatdown in minnesota right by uh, I- right by the uh, in minneapolis right by the twins stadium the twins baseball stadium a group of thugs guess from where from somalia a group of thugs from somalia beat up an old man a, a, a man pummeled him beat the crap out of him Took his pants, and at one time, at one point, they try to run over him with a bicycle. It's almost the 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 the, the clip, the film is almost two minutes long. As you see this man sitting on the curb outside uh, Minneapolis uh, Stadium, in downtown Minneapolis, outside the Twin Stadium, and then two men walk up to him and then start beating him, and then they are joined by others. And again, my friends, they are Somalis. Now, you tell me, my friends. Now, these guys, the Somalis have come in legally, supposedly, uh, under, the, uh, uh, under a refugee status. These people ought to be picked up, and their refugee status ought to be revoked, and they should be removed. They should be sent. If they want to be violent, let them be violent in their homeland. You know, Somalia is, is constantly at war. Send them there. Send them back there. But again, it shows exactly the problem that we've got with this whole situation of, uh, of uh, folks that are let in to the United States without proper vetting and then uh, who, are not, uh, who are not civilized. They are not civilized. I'll use that term. Oh, my gosh, that's going to get me in a lot of trouble. But that's exactly what happens. Uh, there's also the situation, and it's, I don't know, it, it, I don't know how many of you knew or care, <laughs> but um, 
Uh, it is his National Hispanic Month, you know, September, because it coincides with Mexican Independence Day and the Independence Day of, of several other countries in Latin America. It's, Mex- it's Hispanic Month, you know, National Hispanic Month. Well, you know, because of National Hispanic Month, uh, PBS is playing, uh, is, uh, has got uh, a special documentary that they've been running, uh, or several documentaries, but one in particular about Latin Americans. And what's really irking about this to me, my friends, is that it's taxpayer-funded PBS, okay? But it's run and, and operated by leftists and liberals. And they're televising this, this documentary called Foreigners in Their Own Land. Okay, and again, it's about Hispanics uh, who lost their land to the, to the gringos, as they, would say, as they say in, in the show. Uh, and it, uh, they talk about conquered people and the victimization of the people. You know, you know, they ought to put it they ought to put the documentary to violins. Because that's all they do is they they portray the sad situation and and, and all they do is inflame racial tension. That's all they do is inflame racial tension. Let me tell you, rather than 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 celebrating as they put Hispanic month and having divisive programming like this why don't they celebrate americanism and 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 talk about how immigrants have come to the united states and flourished and accepted their uh, the new culture accepted the new language how they have how they have assimilated and acculturated why don't they celebrate that it's just another example of how anglo americans my friends white americans are portrayed as evil bullies and conquerors of people of color. That's what happens. They use the terms conquered land and conquered people repeatedly in this program. Repeatedly. You know, these underwriters and these dark document documentaries, we ought to thank them at the end of the show for their, you know, they, they, they pat themselves on the back uh, as agents of social change. What we ought to do is thank them for dividing our country even more. If American culture and progress had not arrived in the Southwest, my friends, this, this area would be like Mexico, poor and corrupt. Yes, I said it. If American culture and progress, if, if manifest destiny had not come here, we would be just as bad as Mexico. I thank God for manifest destiny, and I thank him for my being born a Texan and American. My friends, got to run. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. Join us again again next week on Saturday at 2 p.m. KLUP, 9.30 a.m. radio, The Answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com